0: Coming to you from the Flex Fox Fantasy Federation's World Broadcasting Headquarters in Ottawa, this is The Weekly Show. As always, I'm your host, Nick the Manpenner, and I'm joined this week by two esteemed co-hosts. Please give a warm welcome to WizKid Jeremiah Johnson and Ian Stats, I guess, Stadleman. How's it going, guys? It's good. It's good.
1: Nice to have this crew back. I don't know how long it's been since the three of us recorded.
0: Yeah, it's been a been a couple weeks since the three of us were all on an episode together. But I mean, it's great to have you both here. I, I think we definitely picked the, the right episode for the reunion because there's lots to talk about. So, uh, I mean, let's just let's just jump right into it uh we had a a huge week 10 a lot of great matchups that we can talk about but there's or uh that that of course being the week before week 11 which has even better (laughs) matchups to talk about uh and let's just start it off with the biggest matchup of all and that of course is the showdown between graham and garth m and my god he did it graham got his first win of the season in exciting fashion 236.3 236.3 to 235.1 for Gartham, uh, so by uh, a little more than a point, Gar- uh, Graham takes this one. He is now one in ten. Gartham drops to seven and four. Uh, Jeremiah, as a, a fellow resident of the Evil Division of Evil, did you see this coming for Gartham?
2: No, I mean, okay, let's let's just review, Nick. How, this is like a microcosm of how this year in fantasy baseball is playing out. So the top three point getters for each team. Hold your breath here. Adam Duvall, Raimel Tapia, and CJ Krohn for Graham. And for Garth McInnes, Cesar Hernandez, Guillermo Aredia, and Emmanuel Classé. If I told you any of those players are capable of being a top three performer in fantasy this week, would you believe me prior to the season? Because I wouldn't.
0: man. Yeah, that's a... Uh... That's definitely a, a surprising lineup. I mean, you know, you talk about a guy having a, a good week. Those are six guys who I think had a, a socially good week to be the, the head of that matchup. Uh but I mean, Stads, what's what's your take on this? This is obviously huge for Graham, but is is this the sort of a, a bigger winning trend for him? Uh hard to say when
1: Adam Duvall is putting up forty points and Ramiel Tapia doing the same. For me this is just more proof that the Garth McInnes curve of uh, fan- arc of fantasy is inevitable. Like losing to Graham like this right after he just put together a little winning streak is just so so on brand. Like he beat Ash last week, he, <laughs> and now he, now he loses to an O10 team. Okay. <laughs> What's more Garth McInnes than that?
2: Garth McInnes is not making the playoffs. I'm calling it right now. He is finishing 9 and 9 or some variation of 10 and 9 or whatever and he is not making the playoffs. It's just destiny. He just can't fight it.
0: Uh yeah, I mean, the Gartham Yo-Yo definitely continues. Uh, I will say from Grant's point of view, I mean, he he's recently learned that you can have more than 7 starts oh, in a week, no. so that's uh that's a boon for him. Uh, yes. I'd, I he, he definitely had a huge week from his bats. His bats put up a total of 161.8 points. So, you know, if he, he combines that with maybe a little bit of uh, pitching management moving forward, it, it seems like he could be cooking at least a, a little more than he was before.
1: Must have thought we were all cheating for the longest time.
2: Probably, like, how the hell is this happening?
1: Well, I imagine... Like How angry some people are at league management is how angry Graham was at league management, and they were both exactly as justified as you'd expect.
2: Before we move on, I will say, uh, Wander Franco was called up today, and he is probably the best prospect since like Ronald Acuna to potentially grace the major leagues with his presence. So before we write Graham off with no more wins, if he figures out that he can call up prospects, then this might be a move he could make.
0: Yeah, it would definitely be interesting to see how Graham handles that situation because uh, there's, a, there's a lot of strategy there. And, and, you know, I think Graham's definitely looking for ways of, of boosting his team a little bit. So it uh, could definitely be a, a situation where he's able to add an asset without uh, actually having to make a, a trade or, or an acquisition. Uh, but moving on there there's a bunch of other matches we've got to talk about uh and jeremiah let's just go right ahead and and talk about ours you and i had a showdown this week it was very exciting it was maybe more exciting than it needed to be in the end uh but i pulled out the victory uh 209.7 to 199.9 for yourself uh so i mean i'll i'll have more to say in a minute but if you want to go first what's what's your take on this matchup
2: i mean i don't really want to talk about this matchup or my team at all um you know what kids don't don't rat on people because in the end cheaters always prosper you tell league management what nick's doing and he still comes back to win so like there's really no point
0: yeah i mean it was definitely a an interesting sunday there uh where i i got the 25 point penalty for adding will crow uh it it made the matchup much more even than uh, my bullpen and my bats were able to bull me, uh, bail me out, so uh, I was definitely sweating a lot heading into that Sunday. But you know, glad to glad to see I, I got a victory and and I didn't end up costing myself in in a much more worse way than I could have. Uh, Nick, how many bricks did you shit when
1: Degrom was pulled early on Wednesday? <laughs>
0: I mean, uh, a decent number, uh, especially because I felt like I cursed him with our last podcast episode. Uh, but, I mean, it's been a situation where it feels like his his health has been in jeopardy for a number of starts this season. Uh, and that he's basically been perpetually day-to-day, but somehow is, is able to regain his superhuman strength uh, just in time for his next start. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just riding the roller coaster now. Like, it's, uh, yeah, every time I'm convinced it's going to be his last start for the season, but then he's back five days later. You just stopped so in for the ride.
2: Love it. You would you would say that I ate crow on this matchup? <laughs> uh,
0: well, I mean, listen, let's let's just take a sidebar here. Uh, a PSA to all the other owners out there: don't trust the minor league spreadsheet. Like, do your own research don't just try and and take easy shortcuts like I did, because I would have thought that searching for Crow, seeing a Crow that is not on the major league team that will Crow is currently on would have been sufficient, especially with how much we talked about auditing and reviewing and updating (laughs) the minor league spreadsheet just a couple of months ago. You, you would have thought they could capture a, a trade from December, 2020, but I guess not. And I mean, it's, it's clear that there's no appealing the uh this fine <laughs> process that that something really has to go off the rails oh, for man. you to be able to to get out of a fine so so you know like triple check every single transaction you make that's all i'm gonna say so
2: like aiden if you're listening leagues league management has begun eating itself so <laughs> times are a change and i tell you it's good what a time to be alive man
0: uh, and i and on that note, like if anyone has a, a better idea on how to do the minor league system, or or a spreadsheet that would be more reliable and need fewer updates, or or is, is somehow linked directly to ESPN, like send those ideas to me, if, or or I guess Cam okay. more appropriately. But there's there's got to be a better Here's way. Here is the solution.
2: Okay, say it with me. Fan Tracks. In Fan Tracks, you can literally have minor leaguers on the exact same page below your major league team. We would never have this issue again
1: but then the it. whole like ad players thing would be so much more depressing i don't know
2: Wait, what do you mean what
1: like whenever i look at it it's like oh there's actually talent oh that's a prospect and that's a prospect oh, oh
2: yeah yeah, yeah. you have to actually look <clears throat> at the shitty player pool yeah okay yeah well pros and cons man i don't know
0: well, not only that, I feel like I've just mastered the ESPN interface. Uh, I've I've learned how <laughs> oh to actually search for guys, how to make it show up reliably. So I I think I'm too old to learn and and try something new.
2: All right, Nick, you're gonna get face out. <laughs>
0: uh, okay. Well, that, that's that's a long enough sidebar. Stads, let's talk about your matchup. Oh, you were God. showing uh, against RKR. It was a a matchup that was long anticipated. There's there's clearly a a, a friendly rivalry between the two of you. Uh, and unfortunately, RKR did get the best of you this time. 239.8 to 232.4 for yourself. Uh, RKR moves to 5-6. and six, You dropped to 7-4. and four. How are you feeling after that one? I don't think
1: it's a rivalry. I think RKR just relishes in destroying my hopes and dreams. Like, uh, he's put up two of his four best weeks against me this season. Won both matchups. This one came down to the wire. Ty France decided he was superhuman. Vlad was actually not that good. Not like a bust or anything. 15.9 points, but like not the number one player that we've seen for the rest of the season. And the thing that is the real kicker, I uh, had three starts on Sunday, and you can see the final point total is seven, eight points. All three of those starters shit the bed. Uh, I think two of them went negative and one of them was a zero. If even just one of those starters puts together like a decent game, I I come out unscathed in this matchup. But no, all of them shit the bed, and RKR's pretty decent guy. I, who was it? JT Brubaker. So not bad, but not like a lights-out guy. Puts up a great day. And I just saw that unfolding and was super, super bitter. But uh, yeah, I only really have myself to blame. 232 is not a great point total for a playoff team.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty much the definition of a, a hard, luck, hard luck loss, what happened to you on, on Sunday. And, I mean, you had Otani have a great week, uh, 44.2 points, highest scoring individual in, in fantasy baseball this week. So, uh, huge for him, but it's it, un, unfortunate that some of your other players can deliver. Uh, I mean, Jeremiah, anything you want to add from your perspective?
2: I mean... I kind of like... to me. this is a hot take. Probably not. But I think Otani is probably the most valuable player in fantasy. And I yeah. don't know if it's close. You know what I mean? Like, I've been I've listening to other podcasts that do this, like, professionally or whatever. And they all talk about how other leagues don't have Otani as a hitter or a pitcher. You have to, like, pick one or the other. Or he's, like, either or. Like, two separate entities. Like in Yahoo. Um, but, like... Anyway, fantasy team uh platforms are kicking around the idea of making Otani like one player that can shift between the two so like he doesn't take up two roster spots. Or um conversely, like you could start him at pitcher and hitter in the same game. So if that happens, look out. That's all I'm saying. My team isn't
1: like my pitching rotation isn't that good. I've got two or three pretty darn good guys, like Otani, Woodruff, Bassett, and then it's a pretty big fall. Tanaka was supposed to be, like, OK, but he decided he had, like, a racist incident or something and fled the country. Uh, I hope he's doing OK. But the point is, <laughs> theoretically, I have an extra pitcher. Like, the 7 SP limit doesn't apply to me as much, because Otani is an SP that isn't an SP. And that means my theoretical ceiling is higher. Not that I can make use of that,
3: but I agree it's got a lot of potential on a better team. Uh, yeah. Well,
0: uh, unfortunate sets, but uh, we'll we'll talk about your next matchup in a a little bit. In the meantime, let's take a moment to talk about the highest-scoring team of the week. Uh, and there were a couple in Week 11 who were in, in really close contention. Uh, a lot of guys put up pretty good point totals. No one beat 300 points, but the top-scoring team of the week, maybe somewhat surprisingly, uh, was the Husan Alliance. So Jameel putting up 291.3 points, uh, which was more than enough to beat Flex, who put up 147.5. Uh, big win for Jameel. He's now 8-3. and three. Uh, I mean... Jeremiah, what are your thoughts on, on Jamil and his team at this
2: point in time? I mean, I really like Jamil's team. Like, I'm not just saying this because I just traded him Freddie Peralta. But I think Jamil's team has potential to at least win around in the postseason. Not only make the postseason, win around. And if he gets to the semifinals against like a Tillo or a Chow, like, I would not write him out. This just has like, I wasn't in the league when this happened, but this has the season has like a Jamil Cinderella run to the finals written all over it in my opinion
1: there's also the possibility of Jamil representing Neil against Ryan or Ash representing St. Mike's for some solid beef which I'm in for I love me some beef
2: but how do you like how do you root against Jamil in anything like say what you want about Ash or Ryan but like Jamil is just like nice guy of the league
1: yeah but what if what if you like the villain some people like villains All Jamil, right. I don't know if he's a villain maybe he'll embrace the villain <laughs> thing. his team is good enough that he could take a villainous turn and it would be totally earned, 100% yeah, if Jamil goes heel, that'll be the,
0: the- cherry on top of the season i mean the thing about Jamil's team that gets me every single week when i look at the box score is you know he's obviously added some talent this season uh he he had some quality guys coming in but it really just seems like a collection of b plus players you know and he, he doesn't have the marquee stars that a lot of other teams do he, he doesn't have necessarily the depth that like a, a chow has but he finds a way to keep winning and, and getting it done and he gets results based on these guys having good weeks and and enough guys having good weeks to offset some of the lesser weeks so i don't know if this is a a new formula maybe for winning in fantasy baseball but uh it definitely seems to be working for him right now and and he's gotten some good results off of it i mean
2: i think he's kind of like the beneficiary of a lot of breakout seasons like if you go down his roster i think carlos correa is a star but if i look at his roster like jared walsh like nobody even heard of this guy till the end of last season right tommy Edmonds, eh. Uh, But it's just like, kind of like you're saying, like a bunch of eh. Right? Gio Urshela. Randall Grichuk was really hot. Now he's not. Josh Rojas. It's just like a complete random. Uh, Taiwan Walker just decided as soon as he left the Blue Jays to be decent. Yusei Kikuchi, also decent this year. These guys weren't good last year. In fact, they were literally unrosterable. Except for maybe Walker's case. Or they didn't exist in the MLB player pool. So... The collection of things, I guess,
0: is what I'm saying. Uh, for sure. And I mean just to give a, a word to Flex, I mean obviously he took the loss in this one. Uh his team not not doing the best, staying a little bit competitive, but I mean status, does does Flex have reason for hope for the future?
1: Uh, maybe in the far far future. I do like his new team name and logo though. <laughs> it is something I appreciate. And I still do have some idea that flex is gonna boom a playoff team i just hope it's not me we do have one not, more matchup it's the final one of the season
2: not to boom, give him credit boom. but ryan ryan designed the logo so nice
3: yeah okay ryan good good freelance work
0: yeah i mean i i in general frown upon any team changing their name mid-season but i, I think i can make an exception for this one just because of how well done it's been yeah Uh, but moving right along, so we talked about Jameel and his his 291.3. Uh, coming in a close second with 291 even uh, is Ryan, who is taking on Ash Sebastian and the Moneyballers. So Ryan wins that matchup, uh, 291 to 246.2 for Ash. Ryan down 9-2. Ash drops to 7-4. and four. I mean, stats obviously these two guys have a, a complex relationship. Uh, they're both two compelling teams this season, but what's your takeaway from this matchup? I think this is
1: just Ryan's team being slightly better, The still the older brother of the two. Uh, if you look at the top three, which ESPN makes it nice, it's actually about the same. In fact, Ash maybe has slightly more peak talent, but Ryan's just deep as all heck. He's got something like seven bats that are putting up 15 plus points, which is amazing. Uh, he got three quality starts to Ash's two, so a little bit better there. I don't know. Uh, I see that Ash picked up Michael Waka, so uh, that nice. Put up a solid minus 4.5. I hope uh, it was worth it. <laughs> I don't know. I think Ryan's definitely the better team, and
3: after some other things that have happened, he might be the team to beat this year. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, just from my
0: point of view, I'd say that, you know, there's, there's a lot of talk about these top teams and, and who's the best and, and who's, you know, going to be, be in the playoffs and who's going to be winning in the playoffs. Like, the thing about Ryan's team is he's had a bunch of touch matchups this year uh, and he's won almost all of them. And, you know, he's kept winning uh, and he's, he's found ways to, to get results in matchups. And, you know, when it's down weeks, up weeks, whatever it is, uh, he, he's consistently one of the top scoring teams in the league. So, like, at this point, you can sort of. Doubt what might happen to him if if he gets some injuries or if things break bad, but like ultimately, it really does feel like he's got the the best pure talent team in the in the league based on the the results he's generated this season. And Springer's coming
1: back real soon. So that's nice.
2: Yeah, I mean you can't really argue any of those things. Uh, I'll just say one quick thing on Ash. I think he needs to fortify his team if he's serious about contending. Obviously, he has injuries. Everybody has injuries, but he uh, needs to make a move, I think, especially for a pitcher, if he's actually serious about contending, because um, this just goes to show he's not quite there yet with the top teams.
0: Well, I mean, Jeremiah, building on that, would you say that at this point, Ash is overrated, underrated, or just rated?
2: He's just rated. Uh, I don't think anybody would confuse him with, like, a Chow or a Ryan's team. I think he's rightfully in the playoff conversation. I think he's stuck in that, like, inevitable middle ground a first round exit maybe a second round appearance quick exit there i think he's just rated it's just i think when you're like when you're in that space you either need to go for it or kind of fall back and you don't really want to stay in that space if you can help it
0: yeah i mean I the thing i'd say about ash is like he's had positions to to improve his record and like you know 7-4 and four is not a, a bad place to be in, but like, he's had two matchups against Ryan now. He lost both of them. Uh, he lost to Garth M, which obviously hurts him. So it, there are definitely you know missed opportunities he's passed up. Uh, that's not to say he doesn't have a good team or, or that he hasn't found ways to win, especially against some of the, the better teams he's played. I think he beat Jamil if I'm recalling correctly. Uh, but uh, yeah, overall, it, it's a situation where I think Ash has sort of uh, made his own luck a little bit this season. Uh, but keeping going, speaking of uh, top teams in the league, someone else who had a big point total in Week 11 was Chow, who put up 286.7 to 215.8 for Chris. So uh, Chris keeps it a, a little bit more competitive than you might have thought, but Chow ultimately gets the victory. He is 8-3, and three, uh, Chris 1-10. Uh, I mean, Jeremiah, what are your thoughts on, on these two teams?
2: Um, Chow is a legitimate championship contender i honestly think the road through that side of the bracket will go through him chris we've kind of been over this he doesn't deserve to be one in ten these are the kind of matchups unfortunately that he just doesn't have the horses to keep up i can relate um so that's kind of where he's at right i mean he he's better than his record if he gets into europa which seems like a bit of a stretch he could make some noise but he seems like a vase contender at this point
0: Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say that uh, Chris, uh, you know, if this week had happened against a a different opponent, he might have had a different result. But, you know, at the same time, it's another great week for Chow, another big result for him, and uh, it seems like his his team is firing pretty well. So, uh, yeah, it'll it'll just be interesting to see what happens as the season goes on and and he gets into some tougher matchups.
1: I know penalties are a sore spot. For some people, but uh Chow was over three hundred without the penalty. So this was a real good week from him. Listeners, at least you think oh only two hundred and eighty from Chow. Nah.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely fair. Uh it's it's hard to factor in penalties when you're talking about point totals, but I mean in this case it's obvious Chow would have uh uh had a, a plus three hundred week under any other circumstances.
2: I mean, if Cam was here, he would tell you it's not hard to factor them in. You just add 25 points.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, but there's, there's a reason Cam's not on these podcasts. Yeah,
2: he's a fucking loser. I agree.
0: <laughs> uh, well, speaking of Cam and the rest of the Squirtle Squad uh, and losing, uh, they did, in fact, lose their matchup this week. They were taking on Aiden, uh, who put up 252.4. The Squirts put up 233.6. Aiden now 6-5. and five. Squirtle Squad also 6-5. and five. Uh, it's it's uh, I mean an interesting matchup interesting positions, but uh stats what are what are your takeaways here? Aiden is over 500,
1: it's tied of the squirtle squad. uh this was his best week of the season, so I'm really not sure how to feel about him uh despite him being tied of the squirtle squad, he's something like a hundred and fifty less points than them, so it'll be interesting to see where it goes i uh, kind of glad I don't think I have a matchup. Oh no, I do have a matchup against him eventually, but uh, he's definitely sneaky. He's got that kind of RKR, probably not going to make playoffs, but can spoil even a playoff team if they have a good week kind of
2: energy. I mean, Ian clearly has PTSD, Um, but (laughs) over here, I'm just shocked that somebody would name their child Jonathan because (laughs) what the fuck is that and that's all i have to say about this matchup i mean no that's it that's legitimately all i have to say um Jonathan over to you that. yeah like Jonathan, Jonathan. come on man can't a better name than that change it legally
0: i mean i say Jonathan penner has a good ring to it so i'll keep that in mind all right. uh I, I think the thing is, like, people expected the Squirtle Squad to be better than than six and five at this point in the season, and and I think a lot of people expected them to be in the playoff hunt, maybe potentially even like leading their division, uh, and they really haven't delivered on that. And I think the the one thing is their team has been really streaky. They have won a bunch of matchups and they lost some, and then it looked like they were getting hot before, but uh, it didn't stop them dead in their tracks there. So you know it feels like their point totals have been uh, a little bit all over the place a little bit lower than maybe they were were used to and you know we can talk all about the different factors there, whether the, the streaming options have declined, whether it's it's just, you know, uh, a case where they didn't have the, the talent, whether it's the bullpen, whatever it is. But, you know, at the end of the day, the, the Squirtle squads really seem to have, have lost a step. And on the other hand, Aiden uh, has has been competitive. He seems, I think, honestly, like a, a pretty quintessential Europa team at this point where he's a, a tough matchup basically every week, but he's also not sending the world on fire. So... Uh, it's interesting to see these two teams who who came in, I think, with different expectations end up with the, the same record and uh, in a, a similar place. But uh, that, I think, just further means kudos to, to Aiden for being able to get it done. Uh, and with that said, let's move on to a, another matchup. Uh, we had Tillo taking on Lim. Uh, Lim was uh, looking to to join that one win club, get his first win of the season, uh, score a, a key victory, and unfortunately was not able to do so. Uh, Tillo wins two thirty one point two to one fifty five even for Lim. Uh, so uh, Lim zero and eleven, Tillo eight and three. I mean, Jeremiah, what are what are your thoughts on Tillo's team at this point in time?
2: I mean, Tillo is kind of like ash to me in a lot of ways, like he has a lot of injuries and I get his team at full health is better than this, but I also think sees the day. So I think he needs to make some moves. Uh going to be out for a while. Chris sale. Who knows what he's going to be when he comes back. Uh, Michaelis. I don't know why he's on the roster. Josh James as well. Um, I just think he can make some pitching moves, especially with, you know, some of the, maybe a couple of the prospects he has. Um, Cause now's a good time to capitalize. I mean, if Cedric Mullins going to be a two, point per game player next year probably not so now would be a good time
0: uh i mean i'll go to bat for cedric mullins he had a a couple of big games against the jays there and and he does seem to be a, a talented young player so i don't know if that's necessarily the guy that Tilla wants to to be moving but uh in general i think you're right i mean Tillo has has built his brand around being clutch, and and he has gotten victories. He he has worked his way to eight and three, uh, but it does feel like, especially if the the Jeffrey Jungle is going to stay this competitive, uh, he might be the the most at risk of losing a step, and and he seems to have a bit of a ways to go. So, uh, you're right. If if he adds some pitching talent, if if he maybe shores up the bullpen a little bit, I think that's maybe going to go further for him than than just about any other owner. Uh, but but Seth, what are your thoughts? He's eight.
1: I don't think he has anything to worry about too much. Uh, I do think his schedule has been one of the easier ones so far, though. And whether he can come up clutch in the
3: third and fourth quarter of this fantasy season, we'll have to see. Uh, yeah, there you go. It's
0: it's uh, still, I think, the, the second quarter, maybe moving into the third quarter, depending how you look at it, so... Uh, we'll, we'll have to see how clutch he can really be down the stretch. Uh, but, I mean, uh, let's just keep moving. we we got uh, two more matchups to talk about here, uh, and let's talk about the matchup in the Evil Division of Evil uh, between Ben and the Midland Raccoons, uh, and it's Ben the underdogs who take it uh, 260.4 to 125.4 for the Midland Raccoons uh so it's it's been seven and four uh tied for the the division lead uh midland raccoons four and seven now so they've fallen off a little bit after that hot start uh but Stads, as as someone who's an outsider on the evil division of evil what are your thoughts on these two teams i feel like
1: ben is like almost an rkr clone the division he's in is just significantly worse or worse uh worse than RKRs, so he's 7-4 and four while, R- R- while RKR is 5-6. Uh, and six. Uh, Like Putting up a random 260 week when most of your weeks are kind of in the 200-ish range, bingo. That's it. So he decides to use the 260 week against the Midland Raccoons, and I feel like he's going to get slapped by some better teams coming up pretty soon. But maybe he can keep it up. I don't know. It doesn't seem that that sustainable for David Fletcher to put up 24 points in a week. I don't know. His pitching was also on fire. 176.5 points from all of it. Uh, Six quality starts. I don't know if Ben's pitching is actually that good.
2: Yeah. I mean, whoever comes out of our division is just going to get slapped, to be honest. Like, I, I wouldn't take anybody who's in the top three spots right now in a first round matchup over whoever they're going to face. Yeah,
1: it'll be probably Ryan or Ash, whoever uh, is the conference seed, right? Yes. Yes. So yeah, I think I'll take Ash over whoever is feeling the most evil this year or least evil. I don't know how it works. I don't know. Yeah. I don't
2: know. (laughs) We don't know either. Hard to say. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing about Ben's team, uh, and it's something we've talked about on this podcast before, like, it feels like his team is sort of has potential. He's he's made some moves now. He's retooled it a lot. Uh, and then with this new roster, he's, he's sort of in a feeling out process. So, you know, if he puts up more weeks like that, putting up 260 points consistently, like, he's going to be in a a much stronger position, but uh, you right that it doesn't feel sustainable and, and his team has just uh, similar to the squirtle squad sort of been all over the place so far this season. So uh, we'll definitely be interested in, in seeing what he does in the weeks ahead. And then, I mean, on the other side of things, I I really cannot explain what's happened to the, the Midland raccoons. Like they started off great. Uh, they looked like they were, were going to be a, a strong team, a, at least a competitive team, and they have just completely fallen off. They they had that week of 50 points, and now they've had two uh, point totals in sort of the mid to low 100s. So, I mean, I I know they've got some injuries. Uh, they've they've got their fair share of those, but it really does not seem like this team should be putting up these few points. So. Uh, if if anyone knows what happened to them and, and their magic, maybe RKR stole it all. I I don't know, but uh, <laughs> it really really does seem like a, a big come
3: down for them. It's been a month since they've put up over two points. Man, maybe we should
1: uh, make sure they know that you can have more than seven starts in a week. <laughs>
0: I mean I think a, a league-wide rules refresher course uh, for all owners uh, might be might be beneficial more than you think put it at cottage weekend send to most people to come <laughs> perfect we can have uh full on seminars now it'll it'll be an actual conference oh yeah uh, but let's talk about our last uh, last matchup here from Week 11. And I, I saved one of the better ones for last, just so we'd have a, a little more time to get into it. Uh, it's the showdown between uh, Mike Kaminsky, the Illuminati, and Newton. Uh, a measure of force uh, in the redacted division uh, competing for that, that number one slot. And it's Newton who pulls off, uh, I think, the, the minor upset here, 238 even to 224.4 for Kaminsky. Uh, so Newton 8-3, and three, Kaminsky 9-2. and two. Uh, Newton, obviously, I think, very excited about this result based on some of his comments on Slack. But Jeremiah, what are your thoughts?
2: Man, I am hyped for Newton. Like This, to me, is proof that he can win the division. And I think he will. I mean, he is kind of like a Ben in the situation in a sense that like he has the ability to have great weeks. There's a lot of potential. But I just think his managerial prowess in identifying talent, especially in the bullpen, is something that I think will serve him as he has to stream uh, starters and maybe even swap out relievers on a on a whim in the playoffs. So I really like his team. I really like the manager. I think he's going to be awesome. Um, let's not just take anything away against from Mike, I think Mike's going to be a dark horse playoff team that nobody's going to want to face. So, I think they're both really good.
1: I, for one, am uh. angry that they decided to split the season series 1-1, because it makes life harder for me. If one of them could figure out, okay, I'm the better team here, make my job a little easier, compete with the other one. But nah, they just have to be 9-2, bait 3 and. Two, babe,
0: make me sad yeah I mean I would say that uh, you know kudos to, to Newton for having a very competitive team for being able to win this matchup like it it definitely seems like we're getting a a bit of a, a renaissance from him, and you know, I I don't know whether this is Kaminsky just on a, a down week, whether it's a, a sort of normal adjustment period for him. But uh two two twenty four point four is is definitely a, a beatable score. It's more beatable than some of the other scores he put up. So uh, clearly, Newton caught him a, in a in a good opportunity in a good week uh, and was able to deliver. So if you're a, a manager like Newton, that's really what you have to do. Uh, he's he's still chasing the division lead. He's still a game back, uh, but you know, if if he keeps having strong weeks and strong results and and he waits for uh kaminsky to drop a few then he's going to be in a, a good position to overtake him in the division and you know if not it's going to be a an even more climactic battle for for some of those conference qualifier slots and some of those wild card slots than uh then you might have thought i don't like it <laughs> you're right i don't like it Yeah, I mean, says Looking up at this, is is this something where you're worried about both teams? Is is there one team that's worrying you more than the other right now? I have
1: to face both of them, uh, I believe, one more time. Uh, I I feel like both of them are beatable if I'm feeling hot. I have no chance if I'm feeling cold. So really, anything could happen in those final two games uh, at the top of the redacted division. Uh, what I'm really hoping for is RKR to boom one of them. That would be great, and then I won't have to feel so bad. Uh, looks like he's got a week against nude seventeen and matchup twenty against Mike. So, yeah, RKR fan club right now. <laughs> yeah, it is PTSD. I mean, waiting for
0: the <laughs> waiting for the RKR boom. I think is a a great tradition among league members. <laughs> so we'll have to see how that voodoo magic shows up when the the second half of the season. Count on it uh but I mean speaking of the second half, I think let's just move right along uh right into week twelve it's it's another good week uh we've got another set of of great matchups uh, a lot of exciting stuff happening right now uh so let's just get right into it and, and preview this coming week uh so I mean as we record here uh on uh on Monday night a little bit earlier uh around ten o'clock uh the the scores have a couple of uh interesting notes in them, but Let's talk about I think what has to be the matchup of the week. It's a showdown between two of the the top teams in the the game right now. That's the showdown between Ryan and Tillo. Uh, Ryan coming in nine and two, Tillo eight and three. Uh, and early on, it's Ryan who's built a, a fairly impressive lead twenty two point five points to one point eight for Tillo. Uh, so Ryan has has jumped out to a, a quick advantage. But I mean, Jeremiah, what are your thoughts on this matchup?
2: Uh, I mean, Ryan and Tillo are like the Bucks and the Heat this year, right? Tillow is going to get absolutely fucking steamrolled by Giannis <laughs> and the Bucks this year. So, Ryan's going to win this matchup easy.
3: That's gold. I like it. Just here if you tell the truth, man. That's
0: it. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's hard to hard to bet against ryan based on some of those recent results he's put up so i i'm definitely going to pick him here i hope this is going to be an interesting matchup i you know obviously it's only monday night so tillo has a, a lot of time to close this gap uh but it's it's going to be uh, very interesting to see what happens if this is a, another big ryan week and and he really runs over uh tillo in a major way Uh, and and what that means for both of those teams. But uh, Stads, what are your thoughts? Uh,
1: I think Jeremiah's analysis was on point. Tillo losing would be pretty convenient for me. Hopefully that means we'd both be uh, 8-4 at the end of the week. So I'm kind of hoping for that. It might honestly be easier to keep ahead of Tillo than it would be to catch Newt or Kaminsky. So yeah, that's what
0: I'm playing too. Uh, there you go it's it's uh uh definitely sometimes beneficial to cheer to your advantage so uh good luck with that uh but uh talking about another good matchup i mean we just talked about newton uh he's in a matchup this week against ben uh where it's it's two teams with positive records newton eight and three ben seven and four uh and here on monday night it's uh newton who has 11 points to 10.8 for ben so obviously a, a very close start so far but Stez, who's going to win this one? I refuse to believe Newtonon
1: would drop a winnable matchup like this. I think they're just a little bit too too different, not really comparable when you get down to it. Noon's put up quite a few more points than Ben has on the season, and we're gonna see <coughs> we're gonna see a difference something
3: like two fifty to two twenty, and yeah, noon will just show he's a little bit better. yeah, I agree, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, it would be interesting to see if, if Ben has the heat and is able to put up uh, a big total, but uh, you're right. I, I think I'm taking Newton here. He's He's been consistent. He's been doing well, so uh, hopefully uh, it should be a, a competitive match, but one that Newton comes out on top of. Uh, but, Jeremiah, uh, over to you.
2: Yeah, yeah, I was just, just going to agree with you guys. Uh, can't root against Newton.
0: Uh, definitely a a hard man to root against, especially with his awesome podcasting performance. So, uh, (laughs) that, that earned some extra kudos in my book uh well uh let's talk about uh another matchup a showdown between two division leaders uh that would be mike kaminsky the illuminati leader of the redacted division uh and garth m the stubby clap clappers leader of the evil division of evil uh kaminsky nine and two garth m seven and four uh and it's it's nice even numbers at this point in time kaminsky has seven points garth m has three points uh jeremiah who do you think is going to take this one
2: uh it's not gonna be close it's gonna be Mike garth McKinnis is destined to keep slotting back to 500
0: yeah i mean it would definitely be a more interesting outcome if garth m wins especially if this is a a situation where kaminsky puts up a lower point total i think that's going to be a Uh, a very intriguing outcome if that were to happen. And and I don't think it's impossible for that to happen based on Kaminsky's last matchup where he was trending down a little bit. Uh, but uh, unfortunately I must also agree that Kaminsky's got the better team on paper. Uh, he he has, you know, had some good results this season. Uh, so there's, there's definitely a, a high capacity for a bounce back week and uh, possibly a, a better point total. So going to take Kaminsky here, but, you know, if if there's a, a Garth M victory, that's definitely going to add to the intrigue. Kaminsky's
1: taken his maintenance weeks. He's not going to lose this one. And Garth McInnes having a win streak and then getting clapped and having a loss streak is just the standard, right? Uh, that's what happens. That is
3: the Garth McInnes ride. So yeah, easy loss. Uh, yeah, well, the, there you have it. Uh,
0: next up, let's talk about my matchup. I'm taking on our, our favorite guy, RKR, this week. Uh, we are both coming into this one at 5-6 and six records. Uh, and here on Monday night, I have the advantage, 18.4 points to 9.2 for RKR, thanks to one Jacob deGrom, who had a, a nice 14 points in his start today. Uh, I mean, I'll obviously, I have some thoughts on this, but Staz, why don't you go first?
1: RKR doesn't waste his... Time winning matchups like these. Like there's a reason why he's only five and six, even though he's beat me twice. And you're the sort of person he loses to. So I'm for the man all the way this week, and especially with a two-start Degrom week, that's terrifying.
2: Yeah.
0: uh Yeah.
2: Sorry, go
0: ahead. Go
1: ahead well, I was gonna agree. No, I was gonna agree.
2: Two-start Jacob Degrom. You can't root against it. That's all I was gonna say.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I really appreciate that mindset of RKR is gonna not waste his time with this one. I really hope that's true. Uh, the the good news is it's a Grom two start week. The bad news is that uh, basically every other starting pitcher I have is either injured or bad. Uh, so we're we're gonna be flying a little bit on a, a wing and a prayer in terms of getting to those seven starts, but. You know, beyond that, I'm feeling really confident about my my bats these days. It seems like a a bunch of guys have have gotten hot or or gotten where uh, you'd expect them to be at least. So uh, feeling good in in that regard. And uh, yeah, hopefully I'm I'm able to score a win over the, the Voodoo Man himself uh but uh speaking of people uh who are on this podcast and their matchups uh i don't know if you guys know this uh Stats and Jeremiah but you each have a matchup this week and you're facing off against each other uh Stats, you're coming in 7 and 4 uh Jeremiah 3 and 8 so it's a, a bit of a difference in terms of your season records but uh you know it, it doesn't really matter in a, a one off matchup and uh Stats, you have the early lead here 3.6 points to negative 2.3 for Jeremiah so because you're winning I'll let you go first what what are your feelings on this matchup?
1: I definitely feel a little bit better now that you've sold Freddy Peralta. He's going to be gone before he gets his start for you this week, right?
2: Uh, no. He'll be there tomorrow.
1: Oh, no. Well, dang. That's that's no good. But at least he's not going to get a two-start week. I don't know. My my pitching's not going to work out that great this week. Uh, so I think I'm going to pick you. Like I feel... <laughs> Your team isn't actually this bad, right? And I've just had a brutal loss to RKR. My locker room's got to figure out it's uh it's proper culture back. Get back into the winning mindset before I go against Chow next week.
2: I'm going to go with you. Uh, My team is not very good. Stop not playing very good, and it's still injured, so I don't think anything will change. I can't beat Nick, who's worse than you, so I don't think I'll beat you.
0: Uh, well, there you have it. That's very cute. Uh, you two picking each other. It's like the, the Arthur episode where they, they wear each other as sneakers uh, or slippers. But, uh, you know, uh, as the guy who has to be the tie-breaking vote, uh, I think I got to side with you, Stads. You know, your your team has been good. You've got a, a good record. And uh, Jeremiah has, has definitely had flashes of brilliance this season and, and you know... Peralta could really be the difference in this one, but uh, I I would trust you to see it through, and, and maybe that's the kiss of death, but it uh, definitely feels like a, a winnable matchup on, on your end, so I'll, I'll side with you. I'm going to need
1: some like proper coaching for how to have the right amount of faith in my team, because I've
0: never had a team
1: like this before. Uh,
0: I mean, if, if you figure it out, let me know, <laughs> because unabashed enthusiasm is all I've ever known. Fair. A uh, couple more matchups we can talk about, though. Uh, let's talk about Chao, uh, the O-team taking on the Squirtle Squad. Uh, uh, Chao, 8-3, Squirtle Squad, 6-5. and five, And it's Chao who has the early lead, 13.1 points to 9.7 points for the squirts. Uh, Jeremiah, who's going to be winning this matchup?
2: Just because I need to differentiate our picks for record purposes, I'm going to pick the Squirtle Squad. They have a lot of two-start weeks uh, this week. So I think their starts are going to line up pretty favorably, and hopefully
3: they can pull that out. I uh, Yeah, oh, go ahead, Stats. I'm
1: hoping that Chow wants to win this matchup. This is a Woburn alumni showdown, right? We got a little bit of pride here. I feel like both of these teams are going to give a lot, and that's what I'm hoping for. So uh, Chow is not in uh, great shape to compete hard again next week. So I think Chow's going to take it. A hard fought matchup Squirtle Squad's gonna show up here, but uh fall to six and six.
3: Uh,
0: yeah, I will say Jeremiah, your theory of a uh, uh, Squirtle Squad comeback week has has intrigued me, uh, and you're right that they're overdue for a big week. So it would not be surprising to me if, if they were able to align those two starts like you say and uh, really make the most of this week. But I mean, that being said, I'd, I'm still gonna go Chow. His team really is rolling right now. Uh, he's he's gotten a lot of good results, a lot of big victories this season, and it does feel like the the Squirtle Squad are spinning their tires a little bit. So gonna go chow on this one but uh yeah we'll we'll definitely wait and see uh but uh, a couple more matchups we can talk about let's talk about the showdown between the Midland raccoons and Flex uh it's uh definitely a, a not not exactly two contending teams at the moment, but an interesting matchup nonetheless. Uh, Midland Raccoons are four and seven. Uh, Flex is one and ten, and Flex actually has the lead here, thirteen point four points to eleven point one for the Raccoons. Uh, Stads, who are you picking to win this matchup? Before I can pick, I just
1: want to confirm something. This is a Neil rivalry match, right? We have some Neil McNeil against Neil McNeil action. I think that's the Mark uh, Ryan I, lore.
0: I, yeah, I, I think Mark and Ryan are, are Neil boys. Well,
1: in this case, I'm I'm so hyped for this matchup. This is the trashy Neil versus Neil matchup the rest of the league needs. And I feel like Adam coming out on top would be kind of fun. Uh, Trashman is coming. He's going to get his <laughs> win. And everyone else, watch out. The Neil boys are fighting in the dumpster. Who's going to emerge? <laughs> it's not the raccoon. It's the, it's the flex. <laughs>
2: all, all right. Well, uh, it's recycling this week, and uh, I'm going to take the raccoons.
0: Oh, it is recycling this week. Uh, I thought I was going to be super edgy and creative when I picked Flex, but uh, I, I guess I have company on this one, but I mean, the truth is Flex has been a competitive team. He's he's shown up every single week. Uh, he obviously had that one big win, and, and there have been a couple other times where he came close, so the record is a little bit deceiving, and the Midland Raccoons have just been so bad lately. Again, really not sure what, what happened, but they've completely fallen apart. The, the wheels are off the wagon, so uh, it would be uh, just my luck that they would have a big comeback this week and, and produce a, a big point total and make me look foolish. But uh, I think I've got to go with Flex with this one just because his, his average and his lack of variance, I think, make him uh, a more favored team in this matchup. Uh, but we've got a, a couple more matches we can talk about here. Let's talk about the showdown between Aiden and Jamil. Uh, very interesting one. Aiden coming in six and five, Jamil eight and three, uh, and it's so far Aiden who has the lead, fifteen point seven points to one point two for Jamil. Uh, so it's a, an interesting matchup. But Jeremiah, who's going to take it?
2: I gotta go with Jamil. I think this team is, like I said, I'm I'm on the Jamil bandwagon. Especially with Freddy Peralta now, probably starting on Sunday. I, I think he's going to take it.
0: Yeah, I mean, from my point of view, I, I think it's going to be uh, maybe a closer matchup, uh, especially given that week Aiden had last week. And and if he keeps that heat going a little bit, uh, that would be uh, pretty good for him. Uh, but I mean, you know, on the the other hand, Jamil is a, a a good team. He was the top scoring team in the league last week. So if anyone knows about heat, it's him. So uh, I think I'm, I'm going to go with Jamil on this one. Uh, It's a little bit chalk, but it really just feels like he's going to be able to keep winning matchups and and keep abreast of that race in the the Jeffrey jungle. Uh, But Stads, your thoughts?
1: I don't know. Jamil's looking kind of cool this evening, and Aiden's off to a hot start Odorizzi, putting up some nice point totals, and that'll be a two-start week from him. He's been probably not Aiden's best pitcher, but okay for him recently, at least. I don't know. I feel like this one will be closer than we give credit for, but Jamila's still favored, I think. Should be coming out on top, but it'll be something like 250 to 240.
0: Man, I, th- I feel like we've predicted a good number of close matchups now, so if we're right, week 12 is definitely going to be one to watch. Uh but moving on, we we have two matchups left to predict. Uh let's talk first about Ash versus Lim. It's uh haves versus have not somewhat, as Ash is seven and four. Lim still looking for that first victory, zero and eleven. Uh but up here three point seven points to zero point seven for Ash. Uh so Stads, is this the week that Lim gets victory number one?
1: I really want it to not be because I would feel Slightly bad for Ash and I feel like Lim's gotta bamboozle someone a little bit meatier than Ash. Like let's let's go for someone bigger. Not me. Definitely not me. Don't do that, Lim, please. But I I don't think this is
3: it.
2: I I think it's it. Yeah. I think it's it. I'm doing it. Lim's getting his first win this week, boys.
0: There you go. The, the stars are maybe aligning for Lim. Uh, I'm going to bet against Lim uh, largely because nothing good has ever happened when I bet for him, uh, so it, it feels safer in some ways to, to take against him and then be pleasantly surprised if he is able to win. But, you know, Ash, for all his, his foibles and, and the adventures his team has has taken him on this season, I mean, he should be able to see off the, the threat of Lim. Uh, He should be able to put up a a good enough baseline score to pick up a victory here. And, you know, if if he's not, then that maybe leads to some larger questions about his team. But still going to take Ash. still think he's going to win, and uh, would would love to be proven wrong, really. Uh, But that's going to segue us pretty nicely into our last matchup of Week 12. Uh, It's one we've all been waiting for. Uh, It's one we've had circled on our calendars uh, for a while. It's the showdown between the two, now 1-in-10 teams, Graham and Chris, uh, both 1-in-10. And, you know, guys, this matchup really is living up to the hype early on because right now it's Chris who is ahead negative 3.4 to Graham with negative 4.9. So both in the hole, but hey, it's early. Uh, Jeremiah, what are you predicting for this matchup?
2: I mean despite his absolutely psychotic rant on his content, like, Chris, please go get some fucking help. (laughs) I will pick him to win this matchup, because honest to God, if he doesn't win this matchup, we might be down a league member.
3: Yeah,
0: I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out that Graham's coming into this on a, a one-win streak, so uh, he really does have the heat. But uh, you're right, I think that Chris is probably the better team. He's a guy who's deserved more than one win this season but hasn't gotten it for for various luck-based reasons. And, you know, he's he's had a couple of good 200-point weeks, so it it does seem like this is the, the kind of matchup he should win. Uh, so, yeah, I'm I think I'm going to take him he's, he's going to get that coveted second win, and who knows how high he, he might go from here. Three or, or possibly even four wins this season. Uh, but Stads, your thoughts? First, I just want
1: to say how not hype I am for this matchup compared to the Flex versus Midland Raccoons one. I don't know what it is about that one, but that's just like a proper crap bowl, and this one just feels like a meh crap bowl. and I can't put my finger on why. Uh, that said, I kind of hope Graham keeps on going now that he's figured out you can have more than seven starts. He's unstoppable, dude.
0: <laughs> that really could be the, the TSN turning point for his franchise, learning that one, one secret trick is going to really change the game for him. New owners hate it. <laughs> Uh, well, that's going to do it for this episode of The Weekly Show, I think. Uh, Stads, uh, Jeremiah, you've both been great guests. It's been a, a lot of fun talking about this slate of matchups. Uh, anything either of you guys want to add here at the end?
2: I just want to remind Chris that Kids Help Phone makes exceptions to talking to people, so they're there, Chris. You need them, honestly. like If you have the mental capacity of a child, they'll talk to you. Uh,
3: someone.
1: Tell me how to feel about my team, because I don't know how to. And
2: It's It's not always about you, Ian. It's not always (laughs) about you.
1: Someone tell me how it is about me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're in the middle ground, man. You're in the ground where you're like, I don't know if my team's good. I don't know if they're bad. And you're probably not going to find out until week 19 when you make the playoffs as an eighth seed. That's how it's going to go, man.
1: I appreciate the prediction. I feel better now.
2: Yeah, I mean, you might be first-round fodder, but playoffs are playoffs, man.
0: They are. Get in? Who knows? There you go. Like I would know. (laughs) Wait. We're, we're ending with a, a plug for help and a cry for help. So I'm glad we've got the, the whole health spectrum covered. Uh, but guys, thank you so much for being here. You've been great co-host. This has been a, a very fun episode. And thanks to everyone who's been listening to it. Uh, hopefully you've had as, as much fun as we have. Uh, it's been a, a great season and we're happy to have you. Love having you uh, every week. But uh, until next time, all that's left to say
3: is good night and good fantasy.